Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here today listening to this amazing episode of No More Leadership BS Podcast. And today, we've got a phenomenal topic. Actually, well, maybe not a phenomenal topic because it's kind of challenging, honestly. You know, we are here with a fabulous crew and Jeff Geyer is going to take the lead this week and we are going to focus on burnout and which is actually really appropriate because right now it's just over 100 degrees outside and I know where Myra's at, it's like 90 degrees and 100% humidity and so we're feeling the burn right now. So Geyer, the man, the myth, the legend, yeah. larger than life. Yeah. Yeah. Take it hey. away, my Woo. friend. Woo. Awesome. I made it. I made it to legend status. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, you owe me five bucks. Come on. I made it to legend. Oh, status. man, you have to make the pay up on that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, burnout. Wow, what a topic. I mean, there are so many things um, said and, and written about burnout. And there are uh, people on both ends of the spectrum, and, I, and hopefully we'll get to that here in this episode too, that, yeah, burnout is a real thing. And, and other people say, you know, burnout is for wusses, and there, there really is no burnout. You know, it's, it's because you're a wuss and that kind of thing. And so well, one of the things I, I kind of wanted to debunk and, and get started as, as we get through this process and talk about it is, is the kind of the myth that um, when things are going well or, or there's a lot of work to do, it, it, the, the myth is if I just continue to work harder or I work longer or I work smarter or, or my boss told me to be more efficient, those things, if I do that, any of that, that things will get better. And, you know, uh, come on, there's, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we've all heard that. Yeah, I can see the light and it's a train. And, uh, you know, in a couple of days, it's going <laughs> to get me right. Well, but the truth is, the truth is working harder, longer, smarter, those kind of things aren't going to fix it. The truth is that burnout, as, as um, it can be defined, is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Mm-hmm. So it, some of it isn't whether you can handle a stressful situation. It's how long can you handle the, the stressful um, situation. And of course, there's, there's tons of, of negative side effects that, uh, with burnout that spill over, you know, into, into every area of our life at home and at work and in our social life and, and those kind of things. And, and so real quick, I just want to talk about the differences between burnout and stress because we all have stress. So stress by and large involves, um, you know, having too much, too, too many pressures that demand too much of our time, both for mentally, but however, under that stress, we can still function or that we can imagine that, you know, it's that light at the end of the tunnel thing. We can imagine ourselves finished with the stress or finished with the project that's, that's bringing the stress and that we will eventually feel better. So that's stress. Burnout can be d- defined as 
as being about not having enough. So it's about not enough. Being burned out means, you know, feeling empty and mentally exhausted. The word I use is um, I feel in desolation that there's just I'm just alone. And in fact, I think that's sometimes where where the the old axiom that it's lonely at the top came from is because those the people at the top um, feel um, burned out. And so that's that, that kind of empty feeling, that mentally exhausted. Uh, one of the things I read defined it as devoid of uh, motivation and even the point that I'm beyond caring. Oh, how many times have, have we been around people and you're talking about something that's really important and they look at you and go, you know what, I really don't give a rip. And so yes. you that's those are all elements or signs that you are either close to burnout or you are burned out. Let's start the conversation today after that little intro of, you know, does is burnout a real thing? Does it exist? Well, that's so Jeff, is your definition that that overwhelm and that lack of hope? I was like, holy cows, man. How I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that feel burnt out with just the work from home, the, the lack of interaction socially, like being like COVID restrictions and like all this, this things that we had that we were used to that got taken away and feeling that burnout, even though now that people are starting to go back to work, they're now saying, wait, I will actually work from home. I'd rather work from home than go back to what I had before. And so it's really interesting, even though at the time, those were the things that they were saying were causing burnout. And so I, I, I don't know, it's, I, that just kind of popped in my head. And I went, I, wow, now I'm, now you've got me thinking about some other things. And how do we how do we solve that? Or how do we help people through that burnout feeling? If they're feeling of no hope, that's like, that's a bad sign. That's a, that's a real bad sign. And you you hit on one of the the, the points that I knew would come out here, Jeff, and, and that is that burnout isn't solely caused by, you know, stressful work or having too much responsibility. Some of it is just your physical surroundings. Some of it is uh, your lifestyle or, or even your personality trait. It's not just how much stressful work you had. All of that stuff, all of that stuff, even how you even view the world is, are you a, you know, glass half full, half empty type person and, and so forth? can play big roles in causing that overwhelming or desolation feeling. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Jeff, as you you were explaining that in in your open, I couldn't help but think about a a car when the, the, a tire gets out of alignment. And if you ignore it, it gets, it doesn't, it doesn't get better. It, it it just gets worse and worse and worse until you literally start physical. You start feeling uh, the car will come apart. If I mean, eventually, if you don't get it taken care of. Yes. How does alignment with with your job, with your your skills and your abilities that are personal to you? Is it possible that we get into the wrong position for the wrong reasons, even though we're good at it? Oh, that, uh, boy, if that's questions for me, I, absolutely. That's the Peter principle, right? We we all get um, the, the Peter principle, at least the way I look at it, you know, we all get promoted to our level of incompetence. 
and the incompetence can can <laughs> manifest itself in, in many ways, right? To be even burned, I was like, "Holy crap, what am I doing here?" Then I'm genius. Yeah. <laughs> so, dear listeners, if you've never heard this before, some of our own panelists are cracking up because they haven't heard the Peter Principle. So you are not alone, my friends. Yeah, but um, they do things. See, now, facts. now we're just uh, yeah off on a tangent, and I don't even remember what you asked me. But <laughs> we are promoted uh, to the level of our incompetence. Right. You know? Right. Yep. It's, well. As we've said, and we've laughed on on previous episodes too, that you know you don't have to be the, the old saying is you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be a leader. Nope. There is um, a path and a process to follow to get there. You know, not not to diminish what any of us here have have done. To a large degree, we followed the process. And we put our own spin and our own personalities on it and those kind of things. But we didn't become leaders of organizations and leaders of people because we were lucky nope. or because we were born better than somebody else. We're all born different and we followed a process. And it's a it's a very um, sometimes methodical but laid out thing. And the, the treatment for stress or the road to burnout has lots and lots of road signs and you just need to recognize them. And my personal story is I recognized those road signs and thought, well, if I work harder, the road signs will go by faster and I won't see them and it won't be anything. And so that head down work harder until something bad happens, um, you know, really isn't the best approach. So let me throw this out. So I'm a believer that anybody who can influence change is a leader. You don't, you're right. You don't have to have the title. You don't have to have the position. You don't have to have the pay to be a leader. Yeah. And I also believe, and I've seen people put into leadership positions that are one, not even qualified for that leader position. So they're in over their head or two, they are so overqualified for that leadership position. They're going to be bored within two years. So me personally, and this is just a Jeff thing, uh, is I don't know if I believe in the word burnout more than I believe in loss of passion, loss of focus, frustration, frustration because I'm in over my head or frustration because I'm not challenged enough and boredom. Is, yes. I think, th I think that's, or are all those four descriptions right there under the umbrella of burnout? Well, in, in my world, Joe, that's a great question. And in my world, I would say those definitely are under the umbrella of burnout because a burnout is about not enough. And so in the example that you were just talking about of maybe an experienced leader, not in a place, yeah, they don't have enough challenge. There, they, there isn't enough opportunity. There isn't, it's about not enough where stress is about having too many things, right? Correct. So, yeah. And so in my world, that's all under the burnout umbrella, okay. you bet. I just wanted to make sure that we're, we're all speaking the same language and yeah. not using the word Peter anymore. <laughs> I think that uh, you, even your question brings up a good point because some folks will throw burnout out as a descriptor after one bad day or one bad episode. Oh, I'm right. so burned out. It's become a little bit like people saying they're OCD. So by the DSM-5, you actually are diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. No, I just like this a, a particular way. Okay, then let's not call it something that's not. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when folks are saying that they're burned out, maybe they're just having a rough one. But yeah, I yeah. think it's gotten watered down. But burnout, yeah, it's for real a, a big fat deal for a lot of folks. Well, and, oh, and, man, that's a great point. And in the green room before we came on, Myra was talking about burnout or the word burnout being used uh, as one of the leading reasons millennials leave their employment. 
is because they 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 think they're burned out or they are burned out or they're not they're not making the difference they want to make or they're not being challenged enough or whatever whatever reason like that is is this a generational thing or is this an everybody thing? Mm. That's a good question because if you look at the history of work from industrialization to now, it's changed. So we've got our you know our older generation, the greatest generation, who had the whole stay at a place for you know, 40 years, get a gold watch, retire, you get taken care of. That's very different than now when you have an average of five careers, Correct. not just five jobs, five careers. And, uh, I believe Myra just something, you just put up something in the chat there. It said nearly half of all millennials say they've left the job specifically because they felt burned out compared to right. 42% of all respondents. Right. So it's, it's that change in mentality that you have that devout loyalty to one single company that no matter what, you're going to get taken care of at the end. So you just put your nose down and you grind and you give your life to one company. And feeling like, hey, if I can't be happy here, if I can't be fulfilled, if I can't make a decent living, if I can't do all of those things, then there's going to be a, a massive amount of stress in one area of my life. And that will lead to other areas, my family, my friends, my social life, you know, health issues as well. I think that's where that burnout, because a, a certain amount of stress is good. You know, diamonds are created from stress. Yep. You cannot have a diamond without stress. So stress can be a really good thing. Too much stress is a bad thing. And consistent too much stress creates that burnout cycle. And that's a chemical, I think that's truly a chemical reaction in your brain when you have too much cortisol flowing constantly through your system, which is not how it's supposed to be. And so that's, I think, one of the the, the signs of burnout is that physical, um, emotional sense of helplessness and hopelessness, you know, and that's, that's a big deal. Because if you have, if you know the military rule of threes, you can live, you know, three minutes without oxygen, three days without food, uh, or sorry, three, three weeks without food and three uh, days without water and three seconds without hope. So if you don't have that hope, you are immediately on a decline. Yep. And so if you get to that point of hopelessness, I think that is a burnout. Like that's a bridge. You're crossing that bridge, man. And there's a, there's a consequence on the other end. It's either death or you're, you're done with that job. If that's the case, then burnout is very real for a lot of people it just manifests maybe in different ways in different, different yeah. generations. Cause that's more frustration. I, I don't think burnout. I don't, you know, that's just more frustration that to me, that's, uh, you know, I'm not happy in my job. I'm not getting what I wanted out of it. I'm just frustrated I'm angry. I'm pissed, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I need to move on. I, that's not so much burnout. Burnout, so burnout that, is burnout is I've been doing something for so long that I'm just kind of over this. Yeah. I, I think that the, the, uh, the longevity could be a component, but I think you've hit something where, somebody's frustrated, they're not moving forward fast enough, they're not seeing the big picture, wherever those components are. But if that's causing you to hate to get up and go to that workspace every day, if that's causing you to not have oh, good relationships yeah. at work, mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely burnout. It, yeah. Frustration can get you there. It can be a piece of it. It doesn't have to be yeah. just one or the other. Yeah. Um, and now I've got the mic. I'm going to keep rattling on. So our <laughs> friends who are nerd listeners <laughs> and listening critically, I want to unpack that uh, statistic that Myra threw out. Do you see ner nerd listener? Nerd? Nerd alert. Oh, wow. nerd alert. <laughs> Nearly half of millennials have left the job because they felt burned out compared to 42% of all respondents. So if you're listening carefully, we have a swing of maybe 7%. So let's not pretend that our one generation here is somehow wildly different unless the standard deviation is 1% on either side of that 42. Let's just make sure we know what we got here as far as data is concerned. And we were cautious a couple episodes ago to not 
paint any generation with one big fat brush. Um, I want to make sure we're using that same caution as we move forward. Yeah. Aaron might get mad at us. I was going <laughs> to say, right? <laughs> Aaron's right. going to be like, hey, guys, I listened we'll to that send one. Him a note. You guys, we'll send him a note saying, hey, we yeah. tried to correct it on air. Yeah. <laughs> we well, didn't know, try well, to do a broad brush stroke. If, if I get mad, I'm just going to leave and eat my fried chicken. I'm just out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done a really, really good job of defining it and describing it. What if we have somebody out there that is at that point or can see that coming? What kind of advice do you guys have to, to get them back on the right track? Well, I, I can give you advice from my personal experience. You know, this isn't medical advice. and It's just my experience that I saw it coming in my first reaction. And I, and I, and I also believe um, Myra, that I, that I'm not alone, and that, that the stats and, and Dr. Sam's point here, about 42 percent of general, you know, respondents. So it, it's happening to almost everybody. It's certainly half of everybody. But that working harder or longer isn't going to address the issue. So that was my first thing. The second issue was I, I could clearly remember some mornings when the alarm goes off at, at four o'clock, and I know I'm going to start an 18-hour workday sitting on the edge of my bed, forcing myself to get up. And I viewed that, and, and here's the part, I, uh, the point I'm trying to make. I viewed that part as being weak, and that's not weakness. No. So if you're still performing at work, still, I mean, the company's doing, you know, pretty good, and, and uh, all of those, meeting the metrics and the goals and all that, um, but just having a hard time going, and I felt weak. Because I knew there were guys out there like Conroy still hitting the ball out of the park, you know, and so that that isn't a it isn't a weakness. And so what you need to do, and and is, and what I did was found people that could help me. And, Je and so the the next question is, well, Jeff, what does that mean? And it, it means people that have experienced some of the same things I've experienced that have that have. Um, walked a mile in my shoes, and they were people that I know, like, and trust. Um, and it necessarily wasn't my spouse a lot of times, although sometimes, but found people. In fact, in my experience, a couple of people really dear, he's a better friend today than he was back then, um, just called me up and said, Hey, I want to take you to breakfast. I'll meet you at five. And I was like, well, crap, there goes an hour of my day, but I went anywhere anyway. I won't and, take that personally. Um, yeah. And, um, I went, yeah, it wasn't you brother. Uh, <laughs> although it could have been, although it could have been went and he was like, what's going on. And, and honestly, it, it took more than one meeting with him because the first time he said, well, I just, I just see it just, it just look like you're really struggling. And because I didn't want to look weak and for all uh, a whole bunch of other stupid, you know, boneheaded reasons, I said, no, I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, you want another cup of coffee kind of thing. So the, recognizing that you're struggling or burned out or frustrated or put, put whatever moniker you want on it. Uh, but if you're feeling some of the, those things, you've got to address it. So find people that you know, like, and trust to say, hey, can you help me? Or, or what, what do you see and what, what can I do to get, get better? One of the things in, in my whole process of that journey, I, I found a, uh, an approach. It's called the 3R approach to uh, dealing with burnout. And the, the 3Rs are recognized. So you, you first have to recognize, and I would say, and believe that those warning signs are true. The second R is reverse. So you kind of have to, you know, you can't, that was my first approach. Uh, things aren't going bad. So I'll, I'll run faster. 
right? I'm going, I'm going the wrong direction. So let's go faster. That'll fix it. Right. That, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and the third R is resilience. And, and that's about taking care of your physical and your emotional health. So believe it or not, you know, exercising a little bit actually is beneficial and helps reverse the effects or yeah, it helps reverse, but also builds in resilience against burnout. So that's just my story. I don't know. What, 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 McLaughlin, what do you see? You see a lot of people. <laughs> I see a lot of people and I, I see a lot of, I talk to a lot of people and specifically over uh, the course of COVID and regulations, all that kind of stuff. I saw a lot of people who started to suffer from that lack of connection. They felt like all of a sudden they were alone because guess what? You, you're now working from home. You, some people were, were literally alone. And so that checking in, that keeping contact with people and just saying, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? Was a big deal. I mean, I had people reach out to me. I reached out to about uh, a lot of my friends. Uh, we ended up getting into some groups together where we organized events that we could do online. Or sometimes we just, you know, it was the neighborhood guys and we'd go sit in our driveways across the street from each other. We'd have beers and just, you know, talk across the street. How's it going? Um, but that when I see people who are starting, you can tell that when they start to get stressed, okay, stress is normal. Everybody's going to have stress, but when that stress starts to become a part of their daily lives and it starts to affect other areas of their life, you have to have that recognition conversation and say, Hey, what's really going on? Are you doing okay? And I'm talking physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because if one of those areas is out of whack, then it's going to, you know, domino affect everything else. And if you start to dread going to work, man, I hate this. I just, I have to do it because I've got to get a paycheck. That's not living. That's just dying slowly, you know? And, <laughs> you know, how do we get people to go, I, I I want to go to work. I want to be a part of something bigger. Maybe you're in the wrong, you know, I hate to say it, or it could be in the wrong organization or not having the right leadership or, you know, any well, number of things, but- All kinds of reasons, right? Yeah. Right. Well, and I think, I think COVID, people being isolated for a year- did did some things too, where people got reconnected with their family and got to reevaluate their life a little bit. So do they want to come back to work? I mean, do they want to go back to an office environment? I think there's, I, I know of some really successful companies that give it the option. So it's, I know some people that are working a, a couple of days at home and a few days in the office. It's nice to have that flexibility and that helps uh, alleviate frustration. Well, yeah. I'm starting to actually work with an organization uh, that's a big banking organization and talking about what are the possibilities we're trying to plan an event for them, but they're having the conversation of, well, some of our people are still remote. Some of our people are in the office yeah, yeah. and how do we navigate that? You know, well, they don't have to commute. So do I get paid more or they, oh. you know, their hours are less than mine. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I mean, there's all these different things that we, you know, oh, oh, geez, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know, so how do we keep the team together when some of them are choosing to stay home? Some of them are choosing to be in the office. What's the difference? How do we deal with that dichotomy? Yeah. And uh, how do we try and include everybody and make sure that one, we're moving forward so that we all continue to have a job. Two, we're serving our clients to the best of our abilities. And three, we're trying to have a good time doing it and support each other. Yeah. So, it's it's a whole other. I mean, that those, could be a whole. Those other statistics episode. are going to come out in the coming years, and it's going to be really yeah. interesting to look. It is going to be yeah. very interesting. Yeah. 
Very, very interesting. So yeah. this is a great topic. I love this one. This is a good one. So good. And uh, we need to wrap things up. I want to throw out one more smoke bomb before we call this a, a wrap on this episode, because Guy, you mentioned something that um, I think is important for our listeners to maybe rewind and, and listen to again. And um, if I didn't use self-deprecating humor, I would have 80% fewer words in a day. So I understand that you're not <laughs> making big declarations. <laughs> but when you say... Um, you know, it would be boneheaded to do X or Y based on how you felt about work and, you know, just plow through. What you're identifying to me is how a lot of folks are probably feeling. Yeah. And they need yeah. permission to say, yeah. it's not boneheaded. I feel like crap. But yeah. who, who can they tell? If their boss is pushing them, if their spouse doesn't want to hear, whatever the case is, they got to get somebody. Because going every day, like you said, sitting on the edge of your bed waiting to throw up before you go to work. You didn't say that. I'm implying that. Um, that's no place to be. And it's all right to get somebody and talk it out and figure out how to move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in my case, um, I had a couple of uh, close friends and one that he was a friend of mine that, that was courageous enough to say, Hey, I I'm seeing things in you and, you know, invited me to breakfast. And I know this is going to come across as a sales pitch and it's not because I, I, I want you to know, I believe I'm not the only one. And I also believe that I'm not weak. I haven't been weak. I'm not weak now. I'm not going to be weak tomorrow. But if you don't know where to go, you send an email to ask us at leadershipbs.co. So ask us, A-S-K-U-S at leadershipbs.co. You put your name in there and your phone number and say, I think I'm burned out. Will you help me? And we will help you. It's um, You can't live there. I like what McLaughlin said, that that's not living, man. It's dying slow. Um, and, and that's, that's not the whole thing, right? My, my whole, my personal deal is to help people win in, in both work and, and in life. And, and, uh, you can't win if you're dying slow. Nope. Yeah. Perfectly said. Mm-hmm. I think that wraps up our, our session for today. And I mean, lots of good nuggets in there. Uh, you already gave them the, the ask us at leadershipbs.co. Uh, also check us out on Facebook at our Facebook group at, uh, no more leadership BS. Yeah. Check us out. Ask us questions, dropping comments, and then don't forget to like our podcast and, uh, and give us a five-star rating because you know, that helps us to get out to more people. So thank you so much. Hope you have an amazing, wonderful day and we'll see y'all next time on our next episode of the no more leadership BS podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the no leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.